All right, everybody. Uh, happy Fourth of July! As we're gonna record a day early here today than our usual Thursday um, recording, because obviously we're not gonna be doing that on the holiday. But yeah, so we want to get that out early. But um, happy Fourth of July from the BGB fam, and uh, we're here tonight as we got a few things to cover for the week to make sure we got something out for you guys to listen to in your spare time. But um, obviously can't do it by myself, so I'm here with Will and Jamal. What's up, fellas? Not much, guy. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Um, what is going on as we head into Fourth of July weekend? And I bet it will be a hot one per usual. <laughs> <laughs> it has been really ridiculously hot in this area this week, which I'm not complaining about. And also, when you do find time to complain, then the storm comes in the area and reminds you like it could get, it could be worse. So very it's true. Been, it's been very bipolar <laughs> weather. Well, not bipolar weather. It's been very Maryland-ish weather this week for us. Or just this the DMV area, um, but um, yeah. So tonight, um, kind of going to be sort of a part two from last week. As last week, we kind of talked about um, the new moves that WWE has made, and um, I have to say for myself, I didn't think things were going to kind of transpire so quick. But uh, there, obviously, to me, it felt like really drastic changes. I ain't gonna say drastic, but small wrinkles of changes that were really noticeable in the WWE product this week. And um, obviously, we're coming off of uh, the results of uh, AEW's Fighter Fest. So we'll talk a little bit about our reactions to that and our experience with that as well, too. Because um, as you know, at least for us in America, uh, we had to watch it on the Bleacher Report app, which was new to me. Um, very seamless. I don't know about keeping it for material wise because I don't think it was much else on there I was interested in, uh, but uh, it worked. But um, uh, but yeah, let's start off with that. Uh, first of all, I know I know. Uh, well, I watched it live stream, and I know both of you guys were both out when it was on. So, did you have any problems going back to rewatching the stream? Was it was it archived? Because I haven't even checked. Uh, go ahead, Will. Yeah, <laughs> I saw I saw some of it live. I saw some of it live actually. When I got home, I was like, well, "Let me turn it on and see," because I was very curious how the stream was going to look on Bleacher Report since I hadn't actually used the darn app yet. Yeah. So it um so I went in at least brought it up and what I when I came on it was the um the ladies match with uh, mm -hmm. Nyla Rose and all that. Mm -hmm. That's what was going on. And it, it came up right away. It was interesting, though, that the app did completely crash my Roku when I first wow. brought it up. <laughs> and it totally had to reboot the Roku to get it to, uh, to work. But after that, then it got working. Now, okay. I, assume it, I assume it's uh, there. I'm going to check right now if the show is on there archived. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked since the weekend. After the weekend, it was all over the place. There was no problem trying to find it but i am checking the site now you would think it would be on here like I, easy I, to find 
So I'll tell you my experience. So I thought yeah, it you talk about that at, while I look. Yeah, I, I thought it started at seven. So when I asked you about it, I wasn't in house. So I thought it started at seven. So by the time I got home, I think I was just catching the the tail end of um what match was I catching? Oh, the, the tail end of was it the Michael Nakazawa match? Nak- Nakazawa? Or or maybe the Christopher Damien match. Whatever was the last one before they switched over. Okay. So I get on the app. The app, app asked me to authenticate through I, – I authenticated through the Gmail account. And um, so I was watching. So when it clicked over to, like, the real card, it, it put me back to a waiting screen. And the waiting screen said um, – the stream is going to start soon. So I saw like the semi introduction to the main car happening. And then I got that screen. So I was just waiting around with, a, with that annoying little buzzing noise for about like 10 minutes. Oh, geez. I, was like, and I was like, what's happening? So I'll go, I get on Twitter and believe it or not to no one's surprise. Someone was also complaining about the exact same thing happening to it. That person happened to be Jim Cornette. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I said, okay, there must not be i must be doing something wrong so i clicked out the video went back into it and it was another waiting screen except it wasn't making the noise come to find out that screen that it, that it put me on put me in the beginning of the entire stream period so until i realized that i wasn't technically live i had to move the meter all the way up mm-hmm. and then i went live so unlike the wwe app most apps if something is streaming live it doesn't even let you rewind it then. It let yeah, it's joined in progress. Yeah. And yeah. So um, that kind of caught me off guard. But once I got in, I got in. I did watch it on the computer and, uh, like, you know, projected it to my TV. It did not have an Android app. Um, and they do have the mobile app, which, um, which a little bit was confusing to me because I have the Bleacher Report app. And the Bleacher Report app and the Bleacher Report streaming app are two different things. Yeah, it's Bleacher Report Live is totally different yeah. than the other thing. I, I did find it. It is on here. The show okay. is up there for replay. The trick, though, is, and this is where it's different than WWE Network, is you have to find the AEW section of the app because this is not like an app just specifically dedicated to AEW. When you come up right. on the home screen, you got you know all kinds of other sports on there that right. they're also covering. You got the Dan Patrick show. We got all kinds of stuff. So right. until you go to the search and hit AEW, then you get the show. And it's it's definitely in there. And they even have a bookmark already there for a uh, fight for the fallen. So okay. it's there. It is there for free for streaming, but it's not quite as intuitive. Where WWE Network, you know, Demar, you go on there, they're going to have the latest show like front and center where you don't even have to search for it. Right, right. And that, and that's why I was just a little bit like, you know, uh, I'm not trying to say like every app is the WWE app, but most streaming apps are kind of like, it, there's, there's a lot of continuity between the, between the rest of them. But so that kind of caught me a little bit off guard. And also the fact that they have two separate apps. I mean, like I thought we were way past that in technology. Usually everything is encompassed in one central app. So it is what it is, but it's it's just it's just smaller small things for people that may be wanting to uh, go back and watch it. There was there was this uh, it, it wasn't like any drastic issues like um like um uh what's what's it called with Ring of Honor Club with the lagging and all types of crazy stuff. So once I got it going, it, it went so. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, then the show. Just then, then, then I just enjoyed the show. What about you, Jamal? Uh, everything worked fine because I didn't watch a second of it. Really? <laughs> nope. I thought you were saying you were interested in watching it. Um, I was, and then I realized that I wasn't, so I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see it at all. Um, I did check out uh, the pre-show, and and I did uh, download the Bleacher Report live app, and then they said. Um, well, we need some login and credentials. And I said, no, you don't. And I uninstalled it and went on about my day. Um, I was done after that. So, I mean, if I really want to watch it, then I'll watch it. And I kind of kept my ear to Twitter and nothing really jumped out at me that, um, that people were really talking about that I had to see. So, um, yeah, time well spent. Well, <laughs> on the contrary to whatever you were paying attention on Twitter, there was some, there was, there was one really major thing for me, and it is not the cheer shot for me. It is MJF. <laughs> this dude is beyond a star at this point to me. And when I, and when I say beyond a star, because there's obviously big names on, on, uh, on their roster, and and people, you know, for the accolades they've done wherever, wherever it may be, MJF knows how to make himself look good and people around him look good and for that match that I did not particularly think was on paper something interesting to me MJF decided to make it like prime time and I thought that was like literally one of the best at least for him everything revolving around him storytelling was some of the best stuff that happened that night yeah see, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm actually kind of bored with Max Friedman uh, you really starting to lose interest in them. Uh, don't get me wrong; I haven't like turned my back on AEW or any, and, you know at all. But this is just a preseason, so I'm not going to get invested in the preseason. Preseason doesn't matter. Now, when All Out happens, uh, end of August, something yep. like that. Yeah, uh, yeah when, when, right. When All Out happens, then I'll pay attention because then we'll be a month away from uh, whatever they're going to do with TV. Then those story, hopefully, those storylines. Crafted during all out will lead into what's going to happen on a weekly basis, but as for right now, it's preseason and they're still like finding their way. Yeah. So that's a very uh, good description of it for sure. Too too yeah. bad too bad for everybody else. I can agree with that. With for MJF, I think he knows what he wants to accomplish and what's his direction with this. Um, and not just that. I mean, you see this happening with AEW products. You see him doing uh skits and and so forth for social media and you didn't you get a good dose of him on mlw as well too like the guys is really 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 clicking on on, on all cylinders for me i i am thoroughly invested in his character and um i think you know as much as they like to focus on adam page being a young star uh of, of the future it's absolutely mjf for me and i just think like with him really getting a lot of the tools of what you want your uh, your uh, promotion to be built around, I think at this point he really grasped a good compass of like eighty five percent of all of that. Like the ring work, I'm like not thoroughly over the top impressive, but he works the ring good. He damn sure works the crowd good. His promos are stellar. His he has the look, and I'm I'm, I'm not bored of it yet. I think he's just slowly hitting the platform now that you know. It's it with uh AEW getting bigger or potentially to get bigger and bigger that he's really he's really ready to ride the rocket ship all the way on top with it. So um, yeah, the, the problem I have with NJF is that uh, his his uh, wrestling persona 
is trending more towards the gimmick and less towards the wrestling. <clears throat> and honestly, I, I'm I always here for the wrestling first. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter to me what your gimmick is on paper, how well you execute it. You could be the Glacier was a hell of a gimmick, not a great wrestler. So I, it's it's that's what's important to me specifically. And I'm not saying that MJF is bad. He's very good at his character, at that gimmick. And that, the interviews are great. But what has he won? So I think especially since his gimmick is based on, you know, him being the fastest, rising, whatever the hell he says, um, it doesn't matter if you don't win. So we've talked about this with other people that are whose gimmick is predicated on winning, like Todd Dillinger. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of, that's why it's kind of like that whole preseason uh, vibe I'm getting where, Okay, I'm willing to cut him some slack if he doesn't win right now. I'm willing to cut him some slack if he doesn't, uh, you know, at least stand out as far as from a wrestling perspective, you know, putting on, you know, great matches. But, okay, fine. He's, he's got the gift of gab. Now what? Yeah. So hopefully I'm willing to, like, wipe the slate clean and come back Labor Day weekend and say, like, okay, let's start for real. Yeah, no, and I, I totally think what he's banking on, I don't know if he's being told to do this, if this is like a, a plan they have in place for how they want to roll things out at AEW, but I think what he's doing smart is, like you said, I mean, he, where he excels is in his gift of gab and in having a fully formed character. His wrestling is just there, but in a sea of guys in AEW where pretty much – there's a lot of really good workers. There's a lot of good guys, you know, that can put on a good match where he's going to stand out is he's doing something totally different of that nature. There's a lot of people there who are just like their gimmick is they're a good wrestler. And that's the difference for me is he's standing out for, he's got a character. Now, eventually the wrestling has to come along to back that up. There has to be some meat on the bone to go along with this. And hopefully that's going to come along this fall once the TV show is rolling out. But very much what we're doing now with AEW, with Fighter Fest and the next show, Fight for the Fallen, are going to be the guys like Darby Allen, the guys like MJF, the guys like Jimmy Havoc, that a lot more of their casual audience doesn't know they're being introduced. So... There's a whole lot of people that are seeing these guys for the first time. So we got to establish who they are, what they're about, what they can do, what their style is. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of darn people who saw Darby Allen's coffin drop for the first time last Saturday, even though he's been doing it for years. So it's introducing people to a new audience. And that that's smart. That's what they need to be doing right now. The build up to TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, it hits my whole uh, preseason analogy. Yeah. Which is fine, and right. we, you know we know who they are. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I be, and that's, and I'm only speaking for myself. And right. I hope, I hope that uh, the, the casual fan, the disgruntled WWE fan, the uh, lost Ring of Honor fan, uh, gets introduced to Power Private Party. Um, they get introduced to the best friends. They get introduced to Darby Allen. Um, you know, they, they may have come for Jericho or Kenny Omega or Corby Rhodes, but they stayed because Private Party put on a hell of a match. Uh, in the triple threat uh, tag in the pre-show, um, th that's that's obviously what I'm hoping for. But because you know I'm fortunate enough to see a lot of these guys in person on the Indies in the Northeast, um, it's kind of like okay, cool. Let call me when it's for real. Yeah. Like well, actually, I'll say this: when AEW has a schedule of when they're going to start touring, then call me. Right. 
I think that's the big question is once the TV starts and they're producing a live show every Wednesday night, as is rumored on TNT, that's going to be the question is like, what, what does the product become at that point when it's a regular thing that's happening every single week? And isn't just this show that, you know, so far is had a couple shows here and there spaced out over, you know, a couple months. Everything yeah. changes in the fall. We've been saying that forever now, but it really does. I mean, it be- becomes a totally different product at that point. Yeah, uh, I agree. And that, that's kind of why it's like, uh, you know, again, not necessarily a, okay, you know, the AEW uh, hype train is dying down. Actually, uh, that's to the contrary. But it still comes down to once you get through this prologue in the book of AEW, uh, then, you know, hopefully – We'll start seeing some things done in meaningful ways. Uh, you know, they haven't, as much as I want to be a fan uh, of it, I really haven't seen how the sports-centric nature is going to happen, um, other than, like, the backstage interviews, which aren't really a part of the show. Um, you know, the, the media's uh, you know, scrum at, at the yeah. uh, at backstage, there really aren't, doesn't seem to be keeping score, you know, all along. So they just seem to be using some people and then not using some people. Uh, not in that they have an A team and a B team, but it's just well, well, where is Kylie Ray? Where was Kylie Ray actually? Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably she wasn't on the show. Yeah, um, it's a good question. So I mean, like, so these things you know are what they are, and then you insert an alley, and obviously they're kind of throwing things at the wall to see what sticks with their audience, because much like NXT, they have their niche vocal catered you know to audience, and they're serving them up something, and just like with the toddler with the airplane spoon. You don't know if it's kind of going to get the reaction that you want. And, and that's good for this period of AEW's history right now. Uh, you know, we're, we're three shows in uh, with the fourth coming up in two weeks. Well, what, what 2.5 shows. Uh, well, I mean, they didn't put on half a show, so. I mean, all in, technically. So double or nothing in this is there's two shows under the AEW brand. Okay, and, so then and- they put on two shows. They're going to put on a third in two weeks. They're yeah. going to put on a fourth in, in, in two months. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I think how long is preseason in NFL? Four games? <laughs> so that's not, I mean, that's not even fair that you was able to pull that one off. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, once AEW, they start to kind of uh, live up to a little bit of the markers that they said that they have make them. Um, that they would that they would make them different than other uh, brands, um, you know. I do like the fact that they announced that this the following matchup was scheduled for one fall with a twenty minute time limit. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact that uh, you know their the rules are kind of what uh, you know interesting, and I do like the fact that the commentary is getting better. Um, but cool, this is where you work those kinks out. But they're still, from what I hear, production issues. Like it's not perfect. It's not WWE quality. It's not NFL quality. It's not pro baseball quality. Um, you know, and, and they still have some things to like work out on that end. So get it done. Yeah. Take the summer, work out the bugs, come ready in October. They need to hit the ground running hard or it's going to be, oh, yeah, AEW, that thing that's not NXT. Mm-hmm. And and also, too, I mean, just, just, just to piggyback off what you're saying, like, you know, they can have all the talent they want in the ring and they can have the commentary or whatever, but the production crew, yeah, they may be they may be experienced, but have they done wrestling before? Have they they may have done NFL? There may be some people who second tier 
from the Jaguar staff. It could be people from the Jaguar staff for all for all we know it. But have they done wrestling? So yeah, they're working out little kinks, and um, yeah, you can't see changes and stuff like that. This 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 uh production did feel a lot better than All In for sure, and and it felt bet it actually felt better than Double or Nothing as well when I think about it. Um, but yeah, they'll get they'll get past that. There's that that's 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 um that's something with time and reputation um that they would uh that they would they would uh improve i was gonna say something about mjf earlier too about his whole winning thing i don't know if his gimmick is necessarily about winning because when i hear him do like the press conference that he did afterwards it was kind of like off the fact of like he didn't lose so i think he's just one of those type of people's like i think his i think his whole gimmick is about just you know being better than everyone else no matter no matter what the win or loss situation is which obviously winning definitely helps um i think as long as he has an aspect of w- uh, in which he can trash talk to and even like the reason why i really like him is because his trash talking is like logical like he says things i'm like yeah that makes sense you know what i mean so um unlike unlike current day and age jericho who <laughs> in, in his whole rant about like how he's must watch and stuff like that um mjf just works for me but yeah i do agree about um like where were certain people at in this in this car like i was surprised kylie ray wasn't in there i mean I'm, i don't know why they couldn't book her um they, they couldn't book her for something anyway but leva bates did get a match which i was wondering like were they ever going to let her wrestle so that was cool as well too um, was it really cool it was so that was I, I did see the pre-show yeah and other than uh having leva bates be on the uh you know on my tv that was the one of the worst bits of, of so AEW I, that they produced. So I didn't watch it, but it was cool the fact that they did use her as a wrestler is what I'm getting at, which is cool. And I'm not particularly how Allie is a wrestler anyway. So um, no, I mean like Titus O'Neil gets a paycheck. That doesn't that doesn't make it like great. Yeah, I mean no, I'm, I'm just saying like if if they want to use her, considering her talents and her personality and stuff like that, uh, I I hope and pray to whoever's listening. That the librarian uh, gimmick dies a smothered pillow over the face death. Well, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, I was just hoping it was not just going to be just that as a gimmick that's just cutting video role for being an elite and so forth. So the fact that I seen that they had a match, I was like, okay, cool, because I was worried that it was going to get a bit, of, a little bit of cartoonish on that aspect. That it was just going to be that, and I was just like, you know. Um, it, it I, I wouldn't be for that, considering you know her talent at bay. So. Uh yeah, but I didn't watch that match. I didn't watch the the, the three way tag match, and I I caught the tail in the hardcore match, and and yeah, and then I saw everything. Actually, I did not watch the six man tag match with the Elite and the Lucha Brothers, which I'll probably go back and watch after the Darby Allen match. I jumped out to go um, grab some food. But speaking of the Darby Allen match, anyway, a lot of people was making a big uproar, and I I, I guess you guys can tell me about. Cody taking uh uh un what are they calling it like an unblock Unprot- unprotected chair unprotected shot. chair to shot to the head yeah. um I just say for me these guys are professionals so the way how they execute it I would think they execute it in a matter of someone's safety but am I yeah being there's no real way to do that it's your head okay I you I mean, know like. I, I thought I thought about like maybe material of the chair, like anything well, at this point. They said that the chair was gimmicked, but okay. the fact that they had to come out and say, like, hey, you know it's a work, right? Uh takes away from the spot. 
Okay. And if you're going to do something that elicits that kind of reaction, where you got to come back and walk it back and go, no, the chair was gimmick. It was it was fully safe. It was done as safely as possible. Um, you know, it, you still run the risk. And and to, to a lot of people on the internet, their point was it's not worth the risk. Uh, yeah. You know, you can be a hell of a stuntman and set yourself on fire and take every you know, precautionary uh, measure possible and still get burned. It isn't worth the risk. And a lot of people's um, sentiment was, no, don't do Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that in a post-Crispin Wild double, triple murder suicide uh, world we live in. Mm-hmm. Never take a shot to the head. That's just yeah. silly. Yeah. And, and then for well, what? Go ahead, Will. Well, yeah. Well, my, my, I was going to say, what you were just talking about, that they come out, that they came out and immediately walked it back at the media scrum, where they're like, oh, no, the, no, the chair was gimmicked and, uh, which apparently obviously did not work. And they even said whatever they tried to do to gimmick the chair didn't work. Says Cody, it wrapped around and cut Cody open legit. And he had to get staples. So it's like, okay, whatever you tried to do to make it safe, that didn't work. But if you're already coming out and saying that it wasn't, it was a gimmick chair and it, it wasn't what you thought it was and all this, if you're going to walk it back, what's the point of doing it in the first place then? You're not right. getting the reaction then that you're going for. If you're going for a certain reaction just to walk it back, why do it to begin with? Do they do it again? I hope they so. shouldn't. I absolutely hope so. Okay. Yeah. I, I, let's see. Okay. So, my particular thing about the actual act of an unprotected scare, uh, chair shot it's his choice as the person that's putting together the match with somebody. It's not like this was a malicious attack, it was unknown or whatever. It's, it's your choice to do that. I'm not going to tell uh, somebody that they shouldn't play football. Football is dangerous, it's balls. It, it is, especially for different positions that you play. If you're a center or a lineman, you're basically, every single down, ramming your head into a brick wall 50 times a game. And for what? You'll never be as famous as a quarterback, but you're a 300-pound lineman, and that's what you do. You have the brain of a woodpecker now. Is it worth it? That is not my call to make. So I think that if it is a place in time where they can do it and that spot makes sense, then do it. But to let the internet decide, you know, what's too much or whatever, I, I think it's better to uh, do a thing and then ask for forgiveness later. Now, I'm not saying that he should pull like a mass transit incident and or or or, or have New Jack throw a dude off a 40 foot scaffold. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not. But then again, it's like in the same breath that we have, um, you know, Sean Spears uh, cracking uh, uh, Cody's head open. Five minutes before that, we had uh, Darby Allen taking a ridiculous bump. Yeah, that back was... f- spine first into the uh, yeah. into the edge of the ring. Sickening. Yeah, sickening. Yeah. Almost as bad as the Kodo Bushi spot from. Yeah, uh, right. So I couldn't imagine any chiropractor in the country going, "Oh shit!" Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> so, both horrible. They are both they were horrible. Both horrible. Spots. Yeah, and there's a lot of people be like, well, no one's complaining about that. It's like, no, it's possible to absolutely sit here and be like, yes, both of these things suck. Both of these things are probably things you should probably not be doing. <laughs> right. They're not, right. They're not and, mutually and exclusive. No, they're, they're not, but th- that's kind of the thing. You can't tell a magician how to magic. I mean, is this the, the whole thrill of it is seeing something that's unbelievable, seeing something that's death-defying, seeing something that I know. Uh, you couldn't pay me enough money to do, and these professionals get it done safely. 
And the uh, suspension of disbelief is the point of the deal. So, but when you come into it with a half-cocked notion of, oh, well, that was gimmicked, or that was fake, or this is how they did that, then I think that that takes away some of it. Uh, you know, whether you get a, a negative reaction, and a lot of people had a negative reaction, or a positive reaction, the bottom line is, is that this is what they chose to do, you know, for <clears throat> the match. And if it made sense in the storytelling, which honestly it didn't, um, then, then, then do it. And because it doesn't make sense in a the storyteller, then why, you know, why would you do something like that? Um, I think because of that, the real loser in this isn't Cody, isn't Sean Spears, it's Darby Allen. Uh, my understanding is that he put on a hell of a display and it went to a time limit draw, but no one's talking about Darby Allen because Cody got his head cracked open. And that's, that's really unfortunate. That's why you, you shouldn't do a move like that where it doesn't make sense in the, in the storytelling of the match and it overshadows the bigger implications, especially since Fighter Fest was about making stars. Yeah. Well, it also sets the precedent that we, we saw this plenty of times back in the day with ECW in the 90s. So Darby <laughs> Allen takes that coffin drop on the apron at Fighter Fest. They're not even on TNT yet. They're not even at All Out yet. So next time he needs to do something big to get a reaction out of the crowd, what does he do next time? Take the coffin drop to the concrete floor instead from the top rope? Yes, like, I hope so. There, there, there's only so far you can raise the bar. And if we're already starting at this level on show number two, it's like, okay, I mean, God, we're, we're, you're not leaving a lot of room to go up, you know? That, that's well, I the, think... I think the biggest problem, and I, and I agree with you in that regard, the biggest problem I have with AEW right now is that I don't know what TV is going to look like. <laughs> a lot of talking and being the elite extended clips. No, no, I mean, like, uh, uh, that, that's fine. I mean, that's how you, you know, build a narrative of a show. But as far as the wrestling goes, which is the thing I care about the most, I don't know what we're going to see. We're obviously not going to see, um, you know, the bloodbath that was, you know, Cody versus Dustin. We're not going to see like the absolutely gruesome uh, spots that and bumps that a lot of guys took. Well, um, well, let, let's kind of what are we going to see? Let's let's narrow it down now. Let's just be honest. Now, there's so much wrestling available. We're not going to get something that we haven't seen before. I think we can pretty. It's not about that. Yeah, I know. But, but hear me out. But I think we pretty much can can uh, confirm that we're not going to see something we haven't seen before. So we can just go down the product. We're not going to get raw, obviously. We're not going to get SmackDown. Will we get 205 Live? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. But to my, to, to, as soon as you say that, my immediate feel is that how much more different is AEW going to look from MLW currently right now, which is putting on really good wrestling and, you know, you know, storytelling backstage stuff that's leading to storylines. And, and, and it's good. They may not have the, the popularity behind them like uh, the elite have with them going with AEW, but I really think we just get. Just a, a just a beefed up version of MLW, and not to mention a lot of people really don't give them credit. But Impact is still putting on good wrestling, and M M Impact is getting ready to book a deal, which I think is finally going to work for them. And um, I'm hearing that they're going to go to uh, the same network as Wow and um, who else is on that network? New uh, Japan. In New Japan, yes. And um, I can't Access. think of the network. Thank you, yes. Access, so. which I still can't get either. <laughs> <laughs> They're still on a channel I can't buy if I want to do. <laughs> but I, I, to your question, I think, we, I think we're going to get something like MLW. I really do, which MLW 
has their. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. And yeah. MLW, which people, if you don't have their 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 um network, is on YouTube, and they're putting on good yeah. matches with some of these people that's in uh, AEW right now. So like, you know, I don't think, and I know a lot of people are like wait till the deal come, wait till the deal come. Yeah, we're gonna. We're, that means we get to see it on the regular and get to see people that some of you guys may not be invested in or or be familiar with grow, which is great. But if you like wrestling, good wrestling is currently out right now. And also, too, I just want to make a disclaimer um, to the last topic we were just talking about. You know, this is why we are the group of guys that do this show. There's a lot of people out there, and it's crazy how over Daniel Bryan is with this uh, with this um, promo that he did a while ago about fans being fickle. It is so crazy how some people find the fact of, like, you know, Cody's chair shot being okay, but Darby Allen's day being being that ain't safe that ain't safe and i'm just thinking to myself like like i don't understand how people can stupid is stupid that's my whole point and also too i don't i don't know who said this the canadian destroyer may need to be retired at this point i feel like AEW has used that move so much in some of the craziest ways now i really think like at some point now like they just got to just they got put it on the show because everyone's everyone's not using it safely either well, I mean, there's another thing about, like, the, you know, the Canadian Destroyer. There was a video that went out, and uh, somebody took a Canadian Destroyer off to, like, the top of a ladder through a table. Ridiculous. Uh, That's not uh, which is, that is That is stupid. That's my point. Or, it's great, do it again. Uh, or a bit, off a bigger ladder. Um, <laughs> or, but there's, so there's that. And then there's, like, the, um, uh, the Cody spot and, and, and Darby Allen's, you know, thing and stuff like that. Uh, all of that's fine. All, all of that's fine and well and good and dandy. I don't have, and maybe this is the difference between me and other people, I don't have an emotional connection to the people behind the character. I don't know who Cody Runnels is. I, I you know, registered voter, organ donor. Um, his life doesn't really parallel mine, doesn't exist to, to me. But Cody Rhodes on TV, he's a hell of a storyteller. Um, cool. I mean, love it. And this is what if this is how he chooses to tell that story, then I'm interested uh, to a point. But I'm also, full disclosure, have been to death matches and I've been to you know Japanese barbed wire, um, you know electrocution matches and stuff like that. I don't mind that. And for a person that's never seen Jimmy Havoc before, you're going to be in for a big surprise. But then again, how do they use a personality like him on TV, uh, like John Moxley on TV? Like Darby Allen on TV, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and there are a number of guys that aren't even on the AEW's roster. Where we go, like yeah, Jesus Christ, if they ever get Ricky Shane Page on TV, then they might have to put him on at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and again, Jimmy Havoc is, is on MLW, so you know, I, I know it has a lot to do with the time slot and um and the and the, the network. But yeah, you you're right. That yeah. 8 o'clock slot, you may get one thing, but that 9 o'clock slot, maybe Jimmy Havoc is going to be the 9 o'clock master because um, there's no way that you let everything that he's done throughout the years, there's no way you unleash that uh, on primetime television without right. having some type of like <laughs> nail-biting uh, feedback from it. So, <laughs> so speaking selfishly, I can say that I do hold like a guy like Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page and Jimmy Havoc and, and in, the, in the highest you know, regard as a wrestler in the same way that I like super crazy and Juventud Guerrero and Sikosis and, you know, um, 
uh, uh, Manny Andrade are some of my favorite wrestlers ever. And so is Bret Hart. And so is Chris Jericho. And they're all different styles. And AEW, uh, God bless them, they are pulling a lot of different styles and putting them all in like a little, little pot and seeing what rises to the top. And it's really refreshing to see an actual wrestling buffet versus this is WWE style, this is New Japan style, this is Strong style, this is Lucha Libre style. It's a little bit of everything in there. So that's great. I just don't know how you tell that story fluently without people being confused or losing the section of the audience or you know, obviously they, they're trying to placate themselves. To, are they overreaching is my question, I guess. You know, yeah. what are they are they writing themselves in kind of a hole where people are definitely turned off by one thing or another? We don't want to see them get too polarizing, you know? Yeah, that yeah. that's something that's a balancing act they're gonna have to figure out. Cause I mean that definitely what you were just saying about like you know, you know, deathmatch guys and deathmatch wrestling in comparison to this. I mean, it's a it's a really good point. I mean, for me, the issue I had with the chair shot where I draw the line with the chair shot thing is this. If you're taking a hit from a light tube or you're doing like, you know, the barbed wire deathmatch stuff and all this, most of that you're talking like superficial cuts. You know, you're not talking unless you really mess up and catch a muscle or slice a vein. You're talking superficial injuries that are going to heal up pretty darn quickly. The difference to me is unprotected chair shot to the head. You're talking brain damage. And what we know nowadays after like you said after the benoit situation we know how serious that can be and it's the kind of stuff that it doesn't heal up lord knows we've heard this, the stories about mick foley talking about how he can't drive himself around he gets lost and had to hand the checkbook over to his wife because he couldn't figure out how to balance it anymore so it's the difference of per possible permanent more long-lasting damage as opposed to oh okay dude got cut up but hey you know he's gonna bandage that up or throw some uh super glue on it and you know yeah so that's some minor scars but that's it it's it, it's it's a it's a different scenario in my mind between the two or like the coffin drop we were talking about you get dropped on your spine and it's like okay dude like 20 years from now you're gonna be able to get out of bed mm -hmm. you know it, it's, it's it's looking down the road at the long-term implications of stuff you take a light tube to the head as long as it didn't get you in the eye okay you're probably fine that's not gonna be haunting you 20 years from now probably yeah, I mean, I, and I think that uh, if if one has that kind of uh, sympathy for the longevity of a wrestler's entire career uh, path, then that's a, some that's a, an assessment that you'll have to get gather from your audience. Personally, I'm only interested in right now because as much as we say all of these things could happen, Cody Rhodes could have a dimple in the skull right now from that chair shot, but he could yeah. also get struck by lightning and have a stroke tomorrow. You know, I I don't like playing the what if game. You know, if we're like looking long term, does that mean that he should do it again tomorrow? Not if it doesn't make sense of the story. That's that's the only place where I'm coming from. I mean, if you're going to take that big of a risk, it damn well better be worth it. But I don't Absolutely. think that we should not. You know, we should handcuff these guys in any way from letting them tell the story that they want to tell. Some things are are worth the risk. Um, you know, and then. Well, time will, history will judge that uh, favorably or not, but I, I do think some things are worth the risk. And hopefully, 
you hope for the best, but you know, it is what it is. Well, okay, for Darby Allen, this is his first time with AEW, his his debut, sort of say. So, like, yeah, maybe he's do- I mean, yes, he's doing he's doing uh his he's moves and executions that he's done for forever. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of adrenaline behind him to make a point. And yeah, it was while it is some things that's worth the risk. I also am a firm believer to live to fight for another day. Now, you do have a contract. Your contract will state how long you have with the company. And all that time is when you have time to invest in yourself and continuously get yourself over with the fans. But do it in a smart way, because if that's the case, then everyone's just going to start trying to do cheap heat in the way of saying, like, that's going to make me popular. That's going to make me viral. Now, some of that stuff is just idiotic to me. But my bottom line is stupid is stupid. I don't care what it is. Stupid is stupid. And I think, like, when it comes down to shortening the longevity of your career by unsafe tactics that you know better well and, and you know it's not going to work again and your body's going to tell you in 24 hours or less if it if, if you should have done that or not we're, we're just gonna we, we should just stay away from that and i definitely think him hitting that move maybe he was off a little bit but him hitting the, the coffin drop on the spine of the of of the um of of the ring totally did not look good to me off watching it off the first time. But if he did do a safe, then great, because he got me, he got me dead to rights and thinking that it was it was super unsafe. But here's the problem though. Uh yes, I think that safe is relative. We're not there. We're not putting together the match. We're only, you know, seeing the end product of what they consider safe. So, you know, and, and I agree with you that you know accidents do happen and, and you never you have to plan for the future and all that stuff. But didn't Big E just come back from an injury from doing what, a split? In the ring, yeah. If I recall, <laughs> didn't Triple H Very true. like damn near rip his shoulder? Um, there's the muscles off of his shoulder and his breastplate from not the not a hard not a hardcore death match. And then of course there is the whole thing about you know Triple H ripping the uh, muscle off the bone like a like a chicken in a cock pot. Well, true. From well, doing it, what? Yeah, well, stepping stepping along in the ring. Yeah, I get so, it. Accidents accidents happen. Well, that, accident. That's not even an accident. That was just some shit that happened. So yeah. I'm not even saying like that wasn't even like something like well he did it wrong, no it just happened. So right. I, I, the reason why I say that is because not because you know they need to go out there and take more risk. On the contrary, but if you're going to do something that is on the surface more like obviously dangerous, then it better be worth it. Because again, Biggie just came back from a, mu- a serious muscle injury from doing a split in the ring that he's done a million times. Well, so. I mean that that is that is that is kind of what it is. I'm, I'm willing to trust these guys, yeah, just to assess what safety is and say, hey, that's where I'm at. Don't do it. this. That's where that's where I'm at with it for sure. Um, so you guys, you for their uh, second pay per view. Um, do you think it was paced good? Do you, do you like the matches that were that you were able to watch or um or the bookings? Do you have any feedback about the timing or anything on that sort? We talked about production a little bit, but. What about the actual wrestling in the ring? Did you uh do you, do, you, do you think it flowed good? Uh, I'll make it quick because I really didn't see watch the main show. Um, and a lot of the reason why I didn't watch it was because of the pre-show. Uh, the pre-show, which has been really indicative of what AEW is so far, is just a mishmash of stuff. It's a gumbo, and you're either going to like a little bit of it, or you're not going to like it at all. Or hopefully, you like all of it. It's just it's it's all up in the air. So until they actually give me some consistency of what their product actually is, uh, I'll just be on the shelf waiting for that. And if there's yeah, a match that I need to see, then I'll just go back and see it. Yeah, it's always going to be there to, to pick up 
afterwards, depending on what you hear. I, I look at I look at it like this. I mean, it was what I saw Fighter Fest. It was okay. It was all right. There was nothing on it that I would say was blow away great. There's nothing on it that I would put up there with that Cody and Dustin match that they had it all in a double or nothing. So that's kind of the difference to me. There wasn't that big, huge match. So in a lot of ways, it, it was a decent B level pay-per-view that thankfully we didn't have to pay for. So I, I wouldn't say much on that. From what I heard of the pre-show, I heard there was a lot of stuff on it. People were just like roasting <laughs> as far as like stuff like that, uh, that the Jabali and Michael Nakakawa match and stuff. So I got I got to go back and that early stuff that I heard was really bad. I didn't look at it just because the reaction I was hearing was so poor for it. Mm-hmm. So that stuff I'm not bothering with. But I I think a lot the later, of stuff is later, <laughs> I mean it all comes down to what you're into, you know. I mean yeah. I saw a lot of people saying you know people would be people would be roasting this if it was on WWE. Oh, you know, AEW it's getting a pass, you know, you know. that kind of. Mm-hmm. That kind of attitude. You know. So I know what, what I saw. I mean, I I wouldn't say from what I saw, nothing was outright bad. But also, there was nothing. I was like, oh my god, this is like tremendous. I mean, that that Cody and Dustin match was damn good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see nothing to that level last mm-hmm. Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, but to be fair, the Cody and Dustin's match came off of a few weeks of of storytelling online, and um, you know, some interesting promos being cut. You know, they yeah. like they they are just it's a filler episode of a long running TV show. Um, yeah. and I didn't, though I didn't see the show, uh, the pre-show, um, the tag team, uh, the six man tag was excellent. Um, the, uh, hardcore match was a you know, pretty decent comedy match that I really wasn't expecting anything from. So I couldn't be disappointed if I expected it to be, uh, it to be bad. Um, and yeah, sure. Um, Alex Bailey, uh, isn't a wrestler at all. So he took the most wrestling school one-on-one uh, flat back bumps um, <laughs> in the ring, and like, okay, well, this makes sense. He literally has never wrestled before. And then you have um, the librarian gimmick, which was absolute ass fire. Um, why? No, that that's just a hard no. Okay. So if you're set- <laughs> if you're telling me that this is what the setup is for me to buy your product, and our people around the world had to buy into it, if this is the actual buy-in, and you leave me with the librarian. Well, let's let's not even go that far. This was free, so this was an indication that this. I was didn't not say it was, no, no, no. It was not free for everyone. So let, the, let's let's be clear on that. It was free, not free for everyone. Free, free in the U.S., but you had to pay overseas. Yeah, that's fine because it, and on on the flip side, the um, overseas got double or nothing, way less than we did. <laughs> Why the U.S. pay? More? They didn't get it less than free. <laughs> it was under twenty bucks. Though. It was under twenty. It was, it, 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 it was I ended up paying eighteen ninety nine for it. Yeah. Duh. Well, still the idea is, uh, you know, if if this was the buy in, I did not buy it. Let's 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 move on to a kind of a. I, I'm going to talk about that because we we coming up on our time in a little bit. Um, let's talk about really quick about the evolved tenth anniversary celebration, which is going to be shown on the WWE Network July thirteenth. Now, the reason I want to bring this up, because to the point Jamal made earlier about sometimes people are going to take risks, sometimes the risks are worth it. Now, we do have household names on here from the w, the, the WWE NXT uh, product. Adam Cole, Akira Tazara, um, uh, who else? Who else? Drew Gulak, Matt, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. So, so, so people we know. But think about these evolved people 
this right here is like going to be career defining for them. And not only just that, like who would have thought of them just working in Evolve, knowing that they were in the double A to NXT, that they would get a special on the WWE Network on one of Evolve's biggest shows. So this is really, this is a really big thing for people right here. Do you think that with that being said, that do you think this car may go a little bit? Now, I'm not, I don't want to use the word extreme as in the style of wrestling, but do you think we're going to expect to see a lot of other questionable spots in this car? Like we, it's like some of the spots we've seen in, uh, in, uh, Fighter Fest. Well, I don't think I don't, anybody went into Fighter Fest looking for, you know, questionable spots. I, when I, you, the, the questionable is the, is the, as the result, but taking the extra risk. Is the mentality I think maybe somebody like Darby Alamai went in doing, considering that this was his opportunity. Do you think you're gonna see other people take that type of chance? I mean, uh, no. you have Eddie Kingston on this card, <laughs> like, and we know how he can go. <laughs> and, and and Joe Gacy, who's arguably one of the most underrated independent wrestlers out right now. Like, yeah. there's, some, there's some names on here that I really feel in my heart that they're gonna, of all things, gonna try to make a statement. Well, I mean, but again, and that comes back to the difference between telling a good story and taking a stupid risk. So I don't see Eddie Kingston, who's like 40, throwing himself off of the, uh, the Sapolsky Tron or whatever the hell uh, for no reason. I mean, if, if there's no, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to do that. Yeah, that's not yeah, what he does. It's not even a style. Well, and when also either way, you got to remember what they would be taking a risk for. The idea would be they'd be taking a risk with the idea that NXT and WWE are watching and that it might give them the call up. Right. And I don't think taking a big, crazy risk that they're not into up there. That's not going to get you called up. They're going to look at that and be like, look, this guy's we can't have that on our TV. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at someone like an Austin Theory. Austin Theory's got is, the look. Is the guy got, on this car yep. right, that has yeah, to make, he's this, got make the a look. break for him. He's got the look. He's got the youth. And it's not about him, I think, doing any one thing crazy in particular. I think it's a matter of just putting in a very strong, memorable performance yep. to where the folks at NXT or WWE would be watching on the network and being able to say, hey, look at this guy. We can do something with him. Yeah, That's they, what I think is the important move to make. Like you said, falling off the – I'm, I'm going to be calling it the Sapolsky's Tron 3000 now. <laughs> doing something <laughs> like that. Doing something like that and going to get you there because they're going to be like, that's not the kind of stuff they're looking for, you know, especially not the NXT level, which would be the next step up. Yeah. So, also, also, and if you also, don't think that WWE hasn't, like, set these guys down and said, like, hey, don't fuck it up, nah, you know, yeah. because this is this is also you know, WWE and, and rightfully so. They're not going to run that much of a risk on their on their product, even if it is on the network. Uh, I think yeah. they know exactly what they're going to get from these guys and whether or not the audience reacts in kind is the only thing that they don't know. Yeah. Ten days away from that. Austin Theory, I think this is obviously his opportunity. He's they, they gave him the platform at uh, the access shows over the last three times that they've done um, like. What are they calling the collide of world? The, the whatever they're calling the um, worlds collide. Worlds collide. Yes, um, he's in. He's been there where he's actually won the Evolve Championship uh, from Keith Lee that weekend. I think it was too. Um, yeah, so he, he he he's definitely been on WWE's radar. I think this is an opportunity now for him to resonate with the fans. Good, and I think they will take a really good look at him and and the response that they get from him 
on that. And also, he's been kind of quiet to me, if I'm not mistaken. I don't feel like I've seen him on social media or, on, on, uh, or anything coming out of from his corner in a while, or even shows, if I'm not mistaken. I, again, I'm a little bit guilty of not watching Evolve product for a little bit, or, or even being interested in wanting to see Evolve in a while, but um, yeah, I haven't heard anything from him in a while. But also, I do think that that, that catch point reunion match uh, should be very interesting. Um, I'm overall just excited for this car period. So, yeah, that's July 13th. But anyway, let's get into our last name before we wrap this up for the night. Now, we, we talked about the hirings of Eric Bischoff and um, and why is Paul this Heyman. Name? Paul Heyman, thank you. Paul Heyman. And, you know, they do, they, that they will be taking over for Raw and SmackDown, their respective shows, and then and in hopes to improve the product. Well, I don't kind of know how I want to set the premise here, but for 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 those of you guys who've watched Raw and SmackDown this weekend, and obviously you can leave us um, some feedback in the comments here. Do you guys think that the show was overall different? Do you think this was a product uh, as a result of their of the, the the new hirings and or was this just automatically on script if this be this way? I mean, I, I, what what did, what did you guys and we're talking to us here? On the show, what are you guys' results? Uh, 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 results, not results. What's your guys' feedback from uh, the results of this week's product? <laughs> well, Raw, I I never expected to see drastic changes this week. I figured, you know, it's going to take some time. Right. They already got ex- they already got Extreme Rules booked, so I figured they were going to kind of get through that since that show is next weekend as we're recording this. So I figured we got you know they probably going to take about two weeks, and then we might start seeing something. Well, I was wrong about that. Me too. Because <laughs> that opening <laughs> that opening angle on Raw with. False Count Anywhere match with Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman. We knew that was going down. But the moment they started brawling back up to the to the stage, and then they went through the Titantron, and a whole bunch of pyro went off, and a whole bunch of explosions, and they brought out the ambulances, and they went to a static camera up in the up in the uh, I guess bleachers or something to get a shot, and they put it over huge. They had the announcers go silent. Um if I have ever seen a segment that had Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over it, it was the opening to Raw this week. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting that so quick, but that was a classic kind of Heyman big angle to get people talking, to get people's attention. And I'll give them credit. They did a great job of it. And they executed it well. And then they went to commercial and they came back and they sold it more. They sold it for a whole nother segment. Pretty much the first 20 minutes of Raw was them brawling, the big angle, the aftermath, and putting it over. And then they kept putting it over the rest of the week. They showed it on SmackDown also. And that, to me, was a big Paul Heyman moment to get people talking. And, then of course, we, we, can, we cannot forget when they went through the darn – when they went through the stage and the explosion happened, Corey Graves – Holy shit moment. <laughs> yeah. To really to really get people's attention and to get them talking. So that was I didn't think we'd get anything that big that quick, but I have no doubt in my mind Heyman was heavily involved in that because that was straight out of like the e- old school ECW playbook. Yeah. Also, Bobby Lashley got over this week. I don't know about you guys, but that this might have been the first time since his return, since his actual return night, that I heard him get legit cheers. So um that's good, I guess. <laughs> but it did feel different. It got people talking, if nothing it got else. got people talking. Yeah, that's that's what I'm cool with. Raw felt like 
a role that I was not wondering when was it going to end. More or less like, oh, it is about to end. So the time, I thought the time and pace, and I was impressed by this week's Raw. Um, and for the, I don't know if I can say the same about SmackDown. SmackDown didn't feel no different to me. And that may be so, because maybe Bishaw needs to take a little bit of time to get adjusted yeah. for it. Or maybe Bishaw well, is only here for... The Fox part of this. Yeah. Well, well, to, well, to, to speak to that, Bischoff on his podcast this week, they, they, they openly talked about it. So he's not there yet. He is moving to Connecticut next week, he said. So he is going all the way in. He is leaving Colorado, and he is moving to Connecticut next week. So from everything they were saying, he's expected to start up after Extreme Rules. So SmackDown very much felt like still a run-of-the-mill WWE show with maybe some minor tweaks. Raw, though, definitely felt like there was a Paul Heyman influence involved, and it was definitely for the better in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Again, that that that's that's refreshing to know because I was wondering before the momentum <laughs> Raw built up for the week. Uh, I was like, what happened to SmackDown? But it, it is what it is. But it worked out. I I, I like Raw, and I, like you said, SmackDowns were eventually going to catch up, but they start doing some things different, and I also thought the the matching, the matchmaking was definitely different as well too. Seeing some uh, different style of matches, I also seen some people get matches we haven't seen in a while show up. Also, Mike Canellas, I just realized he was on Twelve Five Live and he got called up. So I guess that's a thing too. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just give a little bit more time and see how that is. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 whole Mike Canellas situation, I don't know what the heck that was about i don't know what they were trying to do there and that 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 was the biggest uh uh i think confusing thing of the night as far as that whole angle with him on raw with him and maria and him just being got treated people, got people talking or, like you said it, it, it did get people talking but i don't think that's it necessarily got people talking in a good way because people were just like what the hell are they doing as opposed to the the Braun and uh, Bobby segment where people are like, oh my God, this is nuts. We haven't seen anything like this in a while. That was more of a WTF moment with Mike and Maria. Yeah. But in a lot of ways, I think the idea of them going heavy with Raw this week and nothing much happening with SmackDown, it might be calculated in a way with the idea that we've been saying all along. What truly matters in the future of SmackDown? It's when they move in October. So they have time to really ramp up SmackDown. Raw, they could start working on immediately because it's not going anywhere. It's staying on USA. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Uh, right. Can I ask you this? Because and because you talked about um, uh, Bobby Lashley, and that kind of made me think of yeah. Apollo Crews. Who so, had a match for the first time since being on this, uh, doing the shakeup or whatever they were. Yeah, he turned up on SmackDown. Yeah. So there's the thing, though. I mean, we, we saw... What what got Apollo Cruz to the show? We were all pretty much excited for him. Like, oh, this guy's gonna, you know, be pushed to the moon. Great guy, good look, athletic as all hell. But now, some years later, Ricochet exists. So Apollo's Apollo's mm-hmm. flips and dives and uh, wrestling not really that new anymore. And then you have a guy like Keith Lee that exists. Well, he's a bigger guy that can do everything that Apollo can and more. So for him specifically. What do you do with him? Yeah. Where does he fit in? Because right. it's kind of like everything that he's done, whether it's the high-flying stuff, okay, well, Ricochet's got that covered. Bobby Lashley is a bigger version of Apollo Crews as far as the look goes. And then you have a, a guy like Keith Lee that can do all of that things, and he's over 300 pounds. 
So what do you do with a guy like Apollo Crews, who has all of the talent in the world, but is kind of getting squeezed out of that position that made him special? I, you know, I know that he had a match um, on SmackDown, but it just feels more and more obvious that he, it's not that he doesn't belong there, it's more that, like, you know, there's no place for him there. Yeah. Versus, like, a Dolph Ziggler who won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, you're absolutely right. There's, there's shinier, newer toys that can do what Apollo Crews does in either the same way or better. And that and that puts him in a tough position. Honestly, what I would be doing if I was him, I'd be looking for someone to partner up with because Laura knows the tag the tag division needs guys. And if he can make come come part of some team and kind of stand out in that manner and have a different role where he's not just another singles guy, that might be the way for him to go. I mean, I don't think they want to put him on two hundred five live or something like that. I mean, th- that. I figure something like that we could do. Like, there's a lot of guys in that kind of position as him, like he is, where they've been there a long time. They're not the newest guys anymore, but they're good. But they need something extra. I, I tell and, you what, if, if they're moving towards the attitude era, as they, everyone's calling it, heels, no, heels, calling it that. heels, heels is definitely the thing you want to do right now. More, I, I, I believe it allows more freedom in your character. But you, you go ahead, Will. I, just, I said I said my point. Oh yeah, I thought you were finishing something up. Yeah, I would be down for know. an Apollo and Cedric Alexander tag team. Though, I was, I was that. literally saying I was literally Shoot, thinking that. That's an head. idea. Yep, that's and, a hell of an idea. And I think anybody that's been a fan of Cedric for a long time knows we would love a heel Cedric. So oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, and then you take the training wheels off that one. And as far as what they say in the product is moving to, you, <laughs> well, by, by all means, would that work? So at least to a bigger point, and, and you know, now that we see that guys like Apollo Cruz are in a really, you know, interesting position of being uh, not of being really good with the with the fourth or fifth best best at that thing, there they seem to have more and more people like that where you're great, but we have three other people like you that are better. So mm-hmm. do you think that WWE? especially since the new whatever the brief Brandon is going to be for the season premiere this fall, do you think it's time for WWE to actually trim the roster back a bit? <laughs> Lord know. knows we've been saying that forever. They, they absolutely could, they could cut a bunch of people easily and we wouldn't even notice. They're, they're, they have so many people stocked up in those cupboards down in Florida. It's not even funny. But when you're in a wrestling war and you know there's other people out there ready to hire and someone's coming on TNT, I can't see them doing it. If they didn't do it before now, they sure aren't going to do it now. I mean, heck, if they just just rehired Mike and Maria supposedly to five-year deals, they ain't letting anybody go. But they're the greatest lovers ever known. (laughs) With a baby on the way again. Right. Well, I mean, re-signing, uh, you know, Mike and Maria, and I think somebody else just got re-signed as well. Uh, they oh, made everything. Jinder Mahal. Right, 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 right. Um, you know, that's that's cool and all, but that's 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 kind of the point, though. They what? have a Jinder Mahal, but a better Jinder Mahal is Rusev. They have um, a Baron Corbin, but a better Baron Corbin is Shayna Baszler. Yeah. They have, um, you know. <laughs> okay, funny guy. You're over two here so far. <laughs> my ass, I'm, I'm killing. But, but my point is, is that they have people that they have better versions of. 
we don't need three versions of honestly Donovan Dijak. Well, who I, I generally like, but we have that already. At, well, really not. No one's really, at least for me, I'm not seeing guys like him doing what he's doing. But at the same time, too, look, I just think people just need to just really be, and I'm not going to say cut, but reevaluate it. Some people may need to be dropped back to the performance center to re, to get themselves in better shape. Some people may need to do NXT. Some people may need to do NXT Evolve stint. Some people may need to do UK, uh, NXT UK and Indie stint. You know, some people may need to be on the Paul Heyman's role. Some people may be on the Eric Bischoff SmackDown. I think we're I think we're going to find out a lot of what's going to happen. But at the same time, too, I think as in anything, I think this really year is really like career defining for some people because like it's getting more and more competitive. And even if you got dropped from WWE, that don't necessarily means AEW is going to be calling. You still got to be. You still have to invest in yourself to get to, to make yourself work. Our truth, ladies and gentlemen, our truth. Future uh, Hall of Famer, R Truth. Uh, all of, yes, absolutely. Exactly. R Truth is the, is the epitome of a dance break. Which, yeah, it it it, it caught fire for a little bit. To the fact of like twenty four seven, which was absolutely no one was thinking it was going to be like this. And now look at him, most, one of the most popular dudes on there. So on your niche, if you're not going to get over with hardcore wrestling fans, you're not going to get uh, over with uh, just the marks of wrestling. Maybe get over with the kids, but figure it out. Got to figure it out. I, I, I see no way Jose is trying to change his look and maybe trying to do something different because he's been lost that season since he's been called up. But at least he's trying things. So I give him his props for that. And by all means, people, use social media. Your tout is gone. Use your own social media and, and, and get things that's working. Uh, Mustafa Ali right now, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly where it's going, but I'm liking the videos that he's cutting. It's, 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 definitely, it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely hitting his audience. So Whenever he's ready to get back and do what he does, you know, at least, at least, at least he's putting in pieces of the puzzle right now. So we'll see. But um, do we got anything else before we gonna wrap up? Because we had, we're, no, I'm good. We're better than Mark. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good too. That that is the big stuff of the week as we yeah. uh, head towards that evolve show and the G1 starting this weekend for New Japan and yeah. God, there's a, and of course fight for the fallen coming up. I mean, there's yep. there's a lot lot of stuff happening this month yep. in the next couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, happy belated Canada Day because we didn't get we were like right, but we were um, we recorded before and obviously recording that afterwards now. So definitely. Shout out to the Canadians and the Canadians fans. I see you, I see you on the analytics, out, y'all out there listening. So we appreciate that. And, um, yeah, happy 4th for the Americans. And um, anybody who may be a fan of tanks, be safe out there on the mall because it looks like we're, we're going to do something a little bit unsafe. It's a hell of a singer. <laughs> okay, now you're one for one now. You got that one. You got that one. How do I go from over two to one for one? God damn that PG County math. <laughs> Anyway, y'all, thanks for listening and, and enjoy your holidays. Be safe out there and uh, we'll catch you guys next week.